Welcome to the Nimrod Outdoors podcast, where we challenge and equip men, husbands, and fathers to become the spiritual leaders of the home. Let's dive right in. What's going on, folks? This is M.A. Dozier with Nimrod Outdoors, and today I want to cover a topic that is to the core of the ministry, spiritual leadership. Our mission statement is to challenge and equip men, husbands, and fathers to become the spiritual leaders of their homes. This is our heartbeat here at Nimrod Outdoors. So today I want to talk about the eternal purpose of us as men leading our families and why it is our responsibility. I want to talk about the leadership vacuum we see in our culture today. And I also want to talk about what is step number one in spiritually leading our families. But first, I want to challenge each individual listener that's listening. And so if you're, if you're a young single man, please don't, don't turn this out because starting a foundation of leading spiritually right now will set you up so much better for when you get married and when you have kids. Uh, if you're newly married, listen, guys, one of the most, the best ways you can love your wife is to pursue Jesus with all you have. And so hopefully this will challenge you to do that as well. Hey, married men with kids, listen, I I feel you. You're in the thick of it. And so I hope this will renew your strength and give you the tools to continue on. Hey, granddads, as men, you are still called to lead, and you have a unique opportunity to build up your children and grandchildren. The ceiling of your life is the foundation on which the next generation will build their lives. Take this seriously. And lastly, ladies, if you're listening, You have unimaginable power to influence your man into the role he was ordained to do. Love him well and daily push him toward Jesus. So men, let's talk about our eternal purpose. God has created us to be providers and protectors. This is something that is woven into our DNA, and we work hard to provide and stand ready to protect our families from any threat that advances on them. We are so good at this in the physical realms. But what about in the spiritual realms? Are we providing our families with a spiritual foundation? Are we protecting them from the advances of the devil that looks to consume their soul? Unfortunately, we have become passive, and to be frank, we are failing at our responsibility in spiritually leading our wives and our children. I'll touch on this more in a bit, but honestly, we must admit and accept that it is our job to build them up spiritually and we will stand before the throne room of the Almighty to give an account for this responsibility and how we led our families. See, God did not put the church, the pastor, the youth pastor, or the Sunday school teacher in charge of the spiritual upbringing of our families. That's what he created us to do. We see this plainly and clearly in Deuteronomy chapter 6, 6 through 9. And I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. And it says this, starting in verse 6. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them on your hands and wear them as for, on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. We do not see God telling us to make sure we take our families to church for one or two hours a week to hear a word from a pastor. No, 
Here he tells us to commit ourselves wholeheartedly to the commands and then repeat them again and again to our children. We are to talk about them when we're at home, when we're on the road, when we're going to bed and when we're getting up. We are to tie them on our hands and on our foreheads as reminders, and we are to write them on the doorposts and our gates. It is not a one day a week responsibility. It is an every waking moment responsibility. It is a responsibility that holds the weight of the eternal resting place of our children's souls. And if we become passive and relinquish this responsibility to anyone other than ourselves, we are giving the devil a foothold in the war that rages in pursuit of the souls of our children. And men, let me tell you, we are losing ground and we are losing ground fast. In our culture today, we are seeing a massive lack of spiritual leadership and it has created a vacuum that has, that has a void of men willing to step up. The church has failed to challenge and equip and men have chose to step back from the front lines and they have bought the lie from the devil that someone else is more qualified or educated to lead their family spiritually. This has become extremely evident with a mass exodus of evangelicals out of the church. Statistics today state that only 13% of the millennial generation are actively serving in a local church body, as compared to 68% of the baby boomer generation. Just last week, I was a part of an FCA event called Fields of Faith, and in that leadership meeting, we were told that 75% of children in that particular county school system did not attend church anywhere. Men, we have a problem and that problem all starts with us. For decades, we have failed to lead, and now we are seeing the fallout from our negligence. One of my all-time favorite Sunday services is Baptism Sunday. Man, nothing excites me more than when someone gives their soul to the Lord. It gives a charge of energy to me. It's like watching someone publicly profess their faith in Christ energizes my own soul. But over the past few years, I've begun to notice a trend. The majority of those being baptized are between the ages of 25 and 40 and all have the same story. They all begin like this. I did this as a kid, but I did not understand. They've been baptized before, they prayed a prayer before, but they didn't fully understand. While I still celebrate with them, my heart is also broken and burdened for the ones who quote unquote did this as a kid, but have slipped through the cracks and will be rudely awakened on judgment day. Man, one, a passage of scripture that absolutely wrecks me is Matthew, found in Matthew chapter 7. And you see Jesus talking to the religious people. He's talking to the church people. And he says this, not all who say to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. And these church folk respond back and say, but Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not do mighty works in your name? Did we not do all these things in your name? And Jesus says, on that day, I will say, away from me, for I never knew you. See, these baptisms serve as a direct reflection of the lack of spiritual leadership and discipleship in the body of Christ over the past three decades. And no one is more responsible than us as men. So how are we to combat this? How do we begin to make changes in a positive direction toward Christ? What is step number one? In order for us to reclaim spiritual leadership, we must individually surrender back to Christ. Early on, I read in Deuteronomy 6, chapter 6, verses 6 through 9. But if we go back right before that in verse 5, 
It is a direct command to us as men, husbands, and fathers. And it says, we are to love the Lord our God with all of our hearts, our soul, and our strength. We cannot effectively, effectively lead others until we have our own souls pursuing Christ. I mentioned the word surrender. This is a very important word. What does this mean and what does it look like? How do we apply that to our lives in following after Christ? Well, in Luke chapter 18, we see an account of Jesus interacting with the rich man or the rich young ruler. And a lot of times I think people get this, uh, this scripture and, and they want to focus on the fact that this man had money and that money was the issue. And I, I'm, I'm going to kind of go against that. And yeah, money was an issue for this guy. But all of us are the rich young ruler at some point in our lives. Um, and I'll read the scripture and we'll talk about it. But it says this. It says, once a religious leader asked this question, good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? In verse 19 of chapter 18, Jesus responds. He says, why do you call me good? Only There is only one God that is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not commit adultery. You must not murder. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. The man replied, I have obeyed all these commandments since I was young. When Jesus heard this answer, he said, there is still one thing you haven't done. Sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. I believe we all try to be morally good, just like this rich young ruler was. I believe that we follow the commandments, just like this rich young ruler said he did. We live a good life, and we are happy with living the status quo. But see, Jesus does not just want the status quo. Jesus wants everything. See, Jesus saw that there was something in this man's life that was keeping him from going all in. And that was his wealth. I would argue that we all have something that is hindering us from going all in with Jesus. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's comfort. Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's a lifestyle. Or maybe it's even a societal status quo. What are we holding on to that is preventing us from fully surrendering to Jesus? Let's examine our lives and honestly report what we find. Once we discover a hindrance, we need to surrender it, and then most importantly, we need to follow Jesus. That is the, that is the exact point of this scripture. See, Jesus didn't care about his wealth. Jesus didn't care that he followed the commandments. Jesus' last thing he said was, come follow me. Is that what we are willing to do? The life of a God-fearing man is not stagnant. It is constant forward motion. Surrendering does not mean God will take everything from you. It just means that we are laying our jobs, our hobbies, our finances, our expectations, and families at the feet of Jesus and telling him to use them however he sees fit to bring honor and glory to his name. And if he decides to prune something from our lives, we continue to move forward passionately pursuing him. Men, it's time we stand up. And it is time we lead. It is time for us to surrender to Jesus. I hope this has challenged you and equipped you to look at your own life 
and make an honest assessment on how you will spiritually lead your family. Men, this is a war. Be fully prepared that when you start moving toward Christ, that the devil will come at you even harder. Stay humble, stay focused, and keep pressing forward. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the message. If you would like to learn more about the ministry of Nimrod Outdoors, find us on Facebook or look us up at nimrodoutdoors.com. We hope you have a great day, and we hope to see you next time.